sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu slash accreditation. Here you are. BPMs high, sweat dripping, body moving, tongue panting. You're working hard, real hard, and you're thirsty. You need vitamins, nutrients for peak performance and energy. And your plants do too. Aw, let me just look at the little guy. Water-soluble plant food from miracle Grow is full of essential nutrients. Just a little scoop into your watering can and boom, instant feeding and bigger, more beautiful plants. It's kind of like a sports drink for your plants. You may have to suffer from heat, but your plants do not. Welcome to True Crime Garage. Wherever you are, whatever you're doing, thanks for listening. I'm your host, Nick, and with me, as always, is a man that really wants to make you a mixtape. Here is the captain. Yeah, and I'll only put Asleep by the Smiths a few times on the mixtape. It's good to be seen and good to see you. Thanks for listening. Thanks for telling a friend. Today we are featuring High Heat Summer IPA by the good folks over at the Virginia Beer Company. This is a double dry hopped IPA with an explosion of guava, coconut, and mango flavors. ABV 5.5% garage grade, three and three quarter bottle caps out of five. And here's some friends that helped us fill up the old fridge for this week. First up, a big cheers. To our friend John H. in Mississippi. And a big we like your jib to Lindsay in Fargo, North Dakota. And last but certainly not least, we have Sonia in Parts Unknown. Everyone we just mentioned, they went to truecrimegarage.com and they clicked on the donate button. If you would like to get a shout out, if you want to help us out with next week's show, you do the same. Go to truecrimegarage.com, click on the donate button, and make sure you leave your wonderful city that you're from in the notes so we can shout you out. All right, Captain, that's enough of the business. Yeah, if you don't leave your location, we don't know how to shout you out. But thanks for the support. Thanks for listening. Grab a chair, grab a beer. Let's talk some true crime. Emma Compton Lane first was missing, and then things got worse. Emma has a couple of sisters, two that from my understanding don't get along very well, but yet they are fighting for Emma, seeking justice for their sister that passed away too soon at the hands of a very bad man. A man that picks on and threatens women because he is weak, insecure, and cowardly. But because Emma's sisters Winona and Shauna don't speak, they are fighting the same battle, but separately. I don't know that True Crime Garage covering Emma's case will actually get justice for Emma. But I know our coverage today can't hurt her case. You see, Emma's case is very solvable, but because Emma lived in a tiny town, her case lacks awareness. Well, that ends today. Something else that I wish would end today is this bad blood between Emma's sisters. Now, I would think after losing your sister 
and one of your best friends. You each would need a sister to help you with your hurt, to help you with your battle and your fight for justice for Emma. You need a sister, and you both still have one. So pick up a phone and say something nice. No one has to say that they are sorry. Just say, I miss Emma, and I want to fight for our sister together because nothing else matters. Because as it stands now, you've both lost two sisters, and all you have gained is heartache and a Facebook page. The Justice for Emma Compton Lane Facebook page. But you both have the power to change that. The following is from that Facebook page. Justice for Emma Compton Lane, which I encourage our listeners to go to. Show your support by visiting the page to let the sisters know that people care. Now this is a post from one of Emma's sisters, and it reads, Five years ago on Tuesday, June 20th, we filed a missing persons report for Emma. We know now that she was murdered after midnight on the 18th, but I've wondered if we had filed on Monday would Halifax County Sheriff's Department have taken us more seriously? Would they have worked Emma's case harder? Five long, sad years, and we still are waiting for justice for Emma. We are still waiting for an arrest, a trial, for the person who murdered her to be held accountable. No one except the person who killed her knew she was missing until that Monday the 19th. That person had the time to remove evidence and clean up the crime scene. I also believe That person had help covering the crime. Over this five years, we have been told by Halifax County Sheriff's Department and Commonwealth Attorney Martin, her case is a priority. At first, I believed them with their assurances, but after five years, I have to wonder just how truthful they've been. When something is a priority, things get done things happen and results are seen I pray that next year I will have a reason to believe that they really have been working Emma's case and that we will see justice for Emma before another year passes thank you to those who remember and love Emma thank you for your continued support still waiting for and seeking justice for Emma. I love and miss you every day, Emma Jean. This is True Crime Garage. Emma Jean Compton Lane loved hummingbirds, Christmas, and more importantly, helping other people. She was 52 years old when she went missing. Emma was married to a man named Russell Lane. Russell was a truck driver and may still be. Emma was a store owner. Cody is a small community. This is where they lived. It's a small community in Halifax County, Virginia. It's one of those small, unincorporated towns, kind of a tiny dot on the map. Emma owned the Cody store. Listen to this, Captain. To give a better idea of what kind of store we are talking about, this is from one of the old signs on the Cody store, and it reads, Full-service deli, open 6 a.m. to 7 p.m., pizza, grocery, beer, ice, dog food, hunting and fishing supplies, Slab bacon and fat back meat. Mm. Store hours 6 a.m. to 9 p.m. Monday through Saturday. Closed on Sunday, accepting all major credit cards. Sounds like my kind of store. Has about everything that one could think of. I, I couldn't imagine needing anything else. And I know you are like me, Captain. When given the option, we prefer a mom and pop 
type operation. And that's very much what this was. I'm assuming that there was a larger grocery store mm-hmm. in this tiny town that people could go and spend their hard earned money at. But a lot of people preferred to go to the Cody store because of the friendly service. You know, you're getting the, you're getting that kind of personal service when you walk in and somebody goes, hi, captain, or good to see you, Colonel. How about some slab bacon or fat back meat? And, and I you say go, it's good to be seen. It's good to be seen. Yep. I like my grocery stores. Like I like my podcast homegrown, independently owned, no network. The troubling thing about this case, well, there's many troubling things, but the first that stands out is that often on the materials that we see that talk about Emma going missing, they will say that she was last seen at the Cody store, which is not really true, but it goes along with the story or some people's narrative of this story. So keep in mind, the store is very important to our timeline, and it's also very important to this case, because I think that it also includes and gives us a good idea of Emma's personality. Can't you kind of picture her, 52 years old, owner-operated store, very friendly person, always a smile on her face when you come in the door? But the store itself, remember we read the hours of operation there. They're closed on Sunday. The last that she is seen on some of these materials states that it was at the store on Saturday night. Right. However, we have some information of locals that say, yes, we saw as we drove by the store, we could still see her vehicle there. Remember, this is the kind of town, the small little town where everybody kind of knows everybody and everybody knows what kind of vehicle you drive. And of course, people that frequent the store are going to know Emma. They're going to know what kind of vehicle that she drives. So we have several people who are saying, yes, after the store closed on that Saturday, I saw her vehicle in the parking lot, which is not uncommon, right? You have closing duties. You have to count the till. You have paperwork to do. Everything that you have to do before you officially leave the business for that night. That's enough to be. Now, the troubling thing to me is when I see these materials, my mind instantly makes the leap of, oh, no. I pooped myself. Somebody must have went to the store, attempted a robbery, or abducted her for any number of reasons. Right. And that's what went down, and that's what we're looking for here. However, that's not the case. Mm -hmm. Even though the materials read that way, she made it home that night. And so she would have left the store at approximately 930, maybe 10 at the latest, but she closed the store. She closed the shop on that Saturday she went home. The other problem for our timeline, though, becomes the fact that the store is closed on Sunday. Now, this store was, I was about to say that it's her life, but there was other things going on in her life. As we mentioned, she was married to Russell Lane, but also a very important thing that's going on at this time and a very stressful thing that's going on for Emma at this time is her mother was recently put in the hospital. And I believe it was only about two or three days before that Sunday on our timeline. Her mom's having some health problems, health issues. She's in the hospital. So her sister, Winona, and Emma are taking turns visiting mom in the hospital, making sure that she has somebody to talk with, somebody to visit with her, someone to help her pass the time while she hopefully heals or recovers from whatever issues that she's facing. The first red flag on our timeline goes up Sunday when Emma fails to go to the hospital to visit her mother. All and everyone has agreed this completely out of character for Emma. If she says, I'm visiting mom on Sunday at the hospital, she would be there visiting her mother. And we know that she was supposed to be there on Sunday because of a phone call and some conversation that took place the day before with her sister, Winona. Well, and we know that she doesn't work on Sundays, so she shouldn't have anything conflicting to stop her from going to see her mother. And I don't know if both were going every single day to visit mom or if they were rotating days going to visit mom, but we know that she was going to go on Sunday because the conversation with Winona went something like this. 
Emma is saying, I can't make it there on Saturday to see mom. Mm -hmm. Don't worry. I will be there 100% on Sunday. Right. She doesn't show up on Sunday. Well, again, red flags go up. Mom is worried. Sister is worried. They're trying to call Emma. And this is late Sunday by the time they start calling her because the way that I think that this works is it's not immediately known to all that Emma didn't show up there, right? It's it's a conversation that is had between her other sisters and mom. And mom saying, you know, Emma never showed up today. I didn't see her. I know you guys said she was coming or she said she was coming, but I never saw her today. And so it's not until about Sunday night that the sisters are aware that Emma did not arrive that Sunday. So on Monday, one of her sisters is Shauna, and she lives in another state. So any communication that is going on, any interaction between Shauna, Winona, and their mother, the three that are all very concerned that Emma didn't show up at the hospital, that conversations are happening over the phone. So Shauna convinces the other sister, Winona, you know what? Why don't you go by and check on Emma? I can't get a hold of her on the phone. She didn't go see mom. So on Monday, her sister goes to her home and Russell, her husband, lets her in. And Winona looks at the property and looks inside the home and nothing seems really out of place. But therein lies the real problem. Right. She says that everything seems to be there except for Emma. Her car's there. Her purse is there. Her cell phone is there. Yeah, it just doesn't really add up. Her dog is there. Everything that you would expect to see, but no Emma. This is when we start to get some kind of weird story. Russell has some explanations as for where Emma is. And he says, oh, I think she ran off with somebody, with some other man. Well, if she did run off, she didn't take anything with her. It's not until Tuesday, the following day, that the family actually report her missing to the authorities. Well, the authorities in this case are the Halifax County Sheriff's Office. One concern that the sheriff's office has is they question why would Emma's family delay reporting her missing? Well, the family does have a good explanation for this. They tell the sheriff, our mom is not in great shape. She's in the hospital. We were worried that us reporting her missing and mom finding out about this, that it might be unnecessary stress for her at her time when she she cannot handle anything else. Right. And so they delayed this, but mind you, they only delayed it about a day. And I think that they were wanting or hoping like does happen in so many other situations that, Oh, Emma will come home or she'll pop up. No reason to scare mom while she's in the hospital. Well, that would make sense to me if the only if people saw her on Saturday and she had nothing to do on Sunday and then boom, Monday, she doesn't go to work. But because she had this obligation on Sunday that she missed and then she misses work on Monday, I'm calling Monday. I think I would too. I can't fault, you know, I'm not going to look back and say, oh, you should have done this. You should have done that. You know that these sisters are second guessing everything that took place within that first 24, 48 hours. But yeah, you're right here, Captain. Cause for deep concern, right? Didn't visit mom on Sunday, but let's let's compound that with the issue that she doesn't show up to her owner-operated store on Monday. We went over the hours she should have been there prior to opening at 6 a.m. on Monday. Right. And then by the time she's reported missing on Tuesday, she should have arrived at the store prior to 6 a.m. to open the store on Tuesday. Those three things, none of that happened. And in the course of that 48 hours or so, she's not responding to any calls or texts that's coming from anybody that knows her. So you got to be fearing the worst at this point. Well, do we have any details of what people were doing to find her? Yes, there was an effort put together to try to locate Emma 
The best description I have reads as follows. The Cody community is abuzz with concern over popular store owner Emma Compton Lane being missing for a number of days now. The owner of Cody store on Highway 40, which is located on Stagecoach Road, was last seen Saturday around 7 p.m. Again, this is one of those things that kind of troubles me and bothers me. The store is open till 9 p.m. There's no reason to believe that she went missing at this 7 p.m. hour or anytime shortly afterwards. Right. Her car didn't drive itself home from the store that night. Are you sure? I Well, I can't be sure. I mean, maybe mm. she had one of those Knight Rider cars, but my guess, you know, I am a betting man. I would wager a $100 bill that it did not drive itself home mm-hmm. on that night. And I also have some information in our timeline that indicates that she made it home that night because she had interaction with other people after leaving the store that night. But continuing on on this report, Sheriff Fred Clark said a Virginia State Police search team, Virginia Department of Emergency Management Search Personnel, and a local search and rescue team and EMS have been searching the perimeter of Lane's Cody residence. So again, they're starting their search at her residence and fanning out from there. So they have something telling them, something indicating to them that the residence is the place to start your search, not necessarily the store. A dive team checked two ponds near her residence, but found nothing. Mm -hmm. During the search of her premises, a local search and rescue team member suffered a massive heart attack and was pronounced dead shortly after arrival. Lane is described as a white female, five feet tall, and approximately 135 pounds. She has short brown hair, brown eyes, pierced ears, and may wear glasses. The sheriff asked if anyone has any information on the whereabouts of Emma Compton Lane to please contact the Halifax County Sheriff's Office. Now, some of the Later reports that I've read, Captain, was that unfortunately this man who's trying to help out, who suffers the heart attack during the search effort, that that may have triggered them calling off the search a little prematurely. Um, Obviously, they didn't find Emma during the course of their search, but we should also note that there was what appears to be, based off of this report, a good effort put forth to try to locate her and what would have been a rather well-managed search, right? They, they made the determination to start off at her residence and work their way out from there. We know that they're searching, uh, the, some of the water in the area. They're not finding Emma. They're also not finding any clues as to where she may be. Now at this time you have, Several stories that are coming out from people that know Emma. The old rumor mill. Or know her husband, Russell. And keep in mind, I say that, but this is a small town. You can make the assumption that whoever knows Russell knows Emma. The stories start to pop up that there's a couple different theories here. One, that she left with some man that she was having an affair with and was in a hotel in Danville. Well, that's pretty easy to figure out if that's true or not. You go to the hotel in Danville, and if you don't find them, you can figure one of two things. Either the two of them moved on to another location, or this is not a plausible theory. Yeah, and you don't even have to go knocking door to door. You just stand out front and start yelling, show yourself. Show yourself, you cowards. There were some other theories that are somewhat similar. Mm -hmm. but one that she had gone to New York and one that she had gone to the state of Florida. And and possibly for an affair she was having. Possibly. Mm -hmm. There was also a theory that she was some type of drug dealer and that drugs were involved either in her disappearance or were the reason for her to leave willingly. Was she selling drugs out of her store? No, she wasn't selling drugs at all. Um, it's, it's interesting how sometimes these rumors come out of nothing. Well, and that's the other thing too. 
keep in mind the Danville story has her having an affair. Well, the overwhelming majority of people spoken to and, and asked these questions, they don't believe she's having an affair. They've never seen anything, any indication right. that she's having an affair. But it doesn't seem like a lot of times in these small towns when these crimes take place, the rumor mill seems to ramp up a lot faster. Yeah, I think when you have these small towns, a lot, not only a lot faster, but I almost feel like some of the rumors are more of the wild variety. Yeah, they become a little more redonkulous. But we've seen crimes and cases that we've looked at here in the garage where often when a case first breaks, that there are some early rumors going on. And sometimes, even if it takes years to solve them, you find out that one of these early rumors, well, it must have been based off of a lot of truth or fact, because in the end, when they get the result, when they get justice for the victim, they find that a lot of the information in one particular rumor turned out to be true. Now, here in this case, I think that all of these rumors are completely false, 100% false. But I also think that these rumors are what will help you ultimately solve this case. Today's show is sponsored by Care Of. Care Of is a subscription service that ships high-quality personalized vitamins, supplements, and powders conveniently to your door every month. You start with a short, in-depth quiz about your lifestyle and health goals for personalized recommendations, taking the guesswork out of what supplements are best suited for you. Everything is shipped right to your door along with a customized booklet showing you exactly what is in your individual daily packs and why it was recommended for you and your health goals. I love care of it's so convenient. I love the individual packs. It makes traveling super easy. I just grab a few one for each day that I'm gone and my vitamin routine is set even when I'm away. And with my vitamin pack, I'm feeling way more energy and I'm feeling way more focused. And the quiz, it's super easy, super informative, and I enjoyed taking it. For 50% off your first Care-of order, go to careof.com and enter code GARAGE50. That's code GARAGE50 at takecareof.com for 50% off your first Care-of order. So go right now to takecareof.com and enter promo code GARAGE50. Do you want to set your child up for success? Of course you do. That's why you need to check out IXL Learning today. IXL Learning is an online learning program for kids covering math, language arts, science, and social studies. IXL is designed to help them really understand and master topics in a fun way. It's powered by advanced algorithms. IXL gives the right help to each kid no matter the age or personality. There's one site for all kids in your home pre-K to 12th grade. Kids could use it at home on their computer, or on an app on your phone or a tablet. No more grading those worksheets. IXL grades everything for you. One in four students in the U.S. are learning with IXL. IXL is used in 95 of the top 100 school districts in the U.S. I love recommending IXL learning. Kids can learn at home or on the go. And all my friends and family that are using it Absolutely love it because it's so easy to set up and so easy to use. And even the kids that I've recommended it to their parents have told me, hey, Captain, thank you. I was having problems in math and my parents couldn't help me, but IXL could. Do you want to get your kids back on track or do you just want to get your kids ahead? Do so with IXL learning. Make an impact on your child's learning. Get IXL now. And True Crime Garage listeners, Get an exclusive 20% off IXL membership when you sign up today at IXL.com slash garage. 
Visit IXL.com slash garage to get the most effective learning program out there at the best price. Check out IXL.com slash garage today. The best part of spring cleaning takeaway is the post-clean clarity you get. It's kind of like when you find out that you've been paying a fortune for wireless. When Mint Mobile has phone plans for $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. It's time to switch to Mint Mobile. All plans come with high-speed data and unlimited talk and text delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. Use your own phone with any Mint Mobile plan and bring your phone number along with all of your existing contacts. Ditch overpriced wireless with Mint Mobile's limited time deal and get three months of premium wireless service for 15 bucks a month. Save a lot of money with Mint Mobile. Get their great mobile wireless service delivered on the nation's largest 5G network. That's premium service at a great price. To get this new customer offer and your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash TCG. That's mintmobile.com slash TCG. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash TCG. $45 upfront payment required, equivalent to $15 a month. New customers on first three-month plan only. Speed slower above 40 gigabytes on unlimited plan. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. Warmer, sunnier days are calling. Fuel up for them with Factors No Prep, No Mess Meals. Meet your wellness goals in time for summer thanks to the menu of chef-crafted meals with options like Calorie Smart, Protein Plus, and Keto. Factors Fresh, never-frozen meals are dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. So no matter how busy you are, you'll always have time to enjoy nutritious, great-tasting meals. With 35 different meals and more than 60 add-ons to choose from every week, you'll always have new flavors to explore. Crush your wellness goals this May with dietitian approved meals and ingredients that you can trust. Make your day delicious from breakfast to dessert. Stay fueled with easy, nutritious options. Treat yourself to restaurant quality meals that feature premium ingredients like filet mignon, shrimp, and blackened salmon. I am new to Factor and I have been loving every minute of it. I have a problem and it's called lunch. Some days I need a pack of lunch and some days I work from home. Whether I'm at home or whether I'm on the go, Factor is fueling my lunch from now on. Head to factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 and use code truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next month. That's code truecrimegarage50 at factormeals.com slash truecrimegarage50 to get 50% off your first box, plus 20% off your next month while your subscription is active. All right, we are back. Trying to sift through the rumors. Cheers, mates. Cheers, Captain. Now, in this case, we have a woman who is missing, and as said, there are some rumors that are being bandied about that maybe she has taken off and left on her own. Here's a follow-up report on Emma's status of still missing. And this says that on Saturday, June 17th, Emma closed her store, as she did every Saturday, and finished with closing duties and she left for the day. So now, keep in mind, this report is coming out quite a bit later from the previous one. We've already noticed a shift in the narrative, right? That they have figured out she finished her closing duties. She left the store for the day. The store is always closed on Sunday, so Emma told her family she'd spend that Sunday with her mom, Sylvia, in the hospital. Emma had admitted her mom just two days earlier, but Emma never showed up to the hospital. The next morning, Monday, Sylvia, her mother, called her sister Shauna to see where Emma was. 
Shauna lives in Mississippi, wasn't able to get a hold of Emma either. So she sent their other sister, Winona, to Emma's house since Winona lived nearby. Quote, everything was there. Emma's credit card, clothes, car keys, cell phone, her dog. Everything was in the basement except Emma. Shauna said the family knew something was wrong. The next morning, Winona called the police. When I first got the call on Tuesday, June 20th, around 10 or 11 a.m., investigator Burton of the Halifax County Sheriff's Office said some of the family had been looking for her prior to the call. We keep going back and forth with why they waited so long to call us. The family told police they waited until Tuesday to call because they didn't want to panic their mom, who was in the hospital at the time, unless it was absolutely necessary. And then we have the sheriff's office that goes on to say, I got in contact with Emma's husband, Russell Lane, who gave us permission to go into the house and look for whatever we needed. Investigator Burton said Emma's husband has cooperated with police since the beginning of the investigation. So a little bit more information coming out later as to the timeline itself and pointing out that police were suspicious for the delay in reporting the family member as missing. And now we have the statement from the detective saying, well, the husband said, yeah, go ahead and search the property, search my home. You can look for whatever you need to help your investigation. Which doesn't always mean anything because we've seen that in the past where the husband says, come on in, take a look around. And we know that son of a bitch is guilty. So, but it, it does let us know where they're at in the investigation. And then you have to, again, like you were saying, start from the inner circle and start moving your way out. Well, there's a little bit of information in there that I think we need to dissect and put it right under the microscope. Let me grab my lab coat. Listen to this statement from mm. the sister who searched the home or went to the home shortly after Emma was missing. Everything was there. Emma's credit card, clothes, car keys, cell phone, her dog. Everything was in the basement except Emma. Strange. Everything was in the basement except Emma. So I was curious about that statement. That, to me, makes me want to know, why would you expect to find Emma in the basement? Mm. And I was able to track down a few people that are very close to this case, and they told me the following information, that her and Russell had not been getting along for quite some time. In fact, there was reason to believe that Russell may have been aggressive or even violent toward his wife. In the past. Douche. Now, the information that I have here, Captain, is not exact. So uh -huh. we, need to, we need to point that out to be perfectly clear to everybody out there in listener land. The information that I have found was saying that Emma was living in the basement of the home. And Russell was living in the ground level or the upstairs of the home. And this arrangement had been going on for quite some time. Some sources say as long as three years, and some say as little as two years. But regardless of that information, whether it's two years or three years, that's a long time for husband and wife to be basically living almost like roommates, separate lives in the same dwelling. Well, so then the rumors of her having possibly an affair is not really out of the question. Not out of the question. But let's examine this a little bit further. So the, the basement itself was actually set up to be like a living quarters, almost so that once she was home and once she's in the basement, there's little, if no need at all, to go upstairs right? to have any interaction with her husband. Let's back up the bus a little bit more where, yeah, you can look at this and go, okay, well, maybe these affair rumors have some truth to them. But let's also examine the idea that there is information out there that her husband has been violent towards her in the past. Now, where are these rumors of being a drug dealer and the affair and all of that coming from? Well, she put out a mixtape and she did, she was rapping about her 
drug dealings. There is nothing that I have found to make me believe that either of these rumors have any validity at all. They have any truth to them at all. So the thing here is we have to start really wondering where these rumors are coming from. And based off of these rumors, think about the other thing that's a big part of those stories, right? The story is that she left town with another man or she left town because of some misdealings that she was doing. That's all going to become a very big problem for everybody five months later. Yeah. So what you're saying is we have these rumors that she's a drug dealer and she left town with a bunch of money or to go sell drugs somewhere else, uh, expand or, or her. Or the drugs was the cause of her leaving town. It doesn't necessarily have to mean that she's dealing drugs. That's just one of, of several rumors that were going on. One was that, that she left town because of drugs. Right. And then there's other rumors that she left town to go live with somebody or she left town with somebody, which if somebody else locally left town at the same time, wouldn't we know who that person was? Or it could have been a man from out of town. Again, these, right, right. these are rumors. These aren't things that we have direct statements from these local people that are giving us detailed statements, right? I'm sure they gave detailed statements to the authorities. But we, the public, don't have access to that information. Right. But the problem becomes this whole idea of her leaving town is that her body is found in the county. Yeah. So here's the report we have here, Captain. Authorities are awaiting the identification of human remains found in a wooded Cody area. Keep in mind, Cody's a pretty small town. Remains found in a wooded Cody area after a hunting party came across the find Wednesday, November 22nd, 2017, around 1.30 p.m. Halifax County Sheriff Fred Clark said foul play is expected in the death, but Clark declined to comment further, including whether there is any indication of how long the body may have been left in the woods. The remains were sent to the state medical examiner's office in Richmond to assist with the identification. On Wednesday, a member of a hunting party came across the remains in a heavily wooded area approximately 700 yards from Sandy Ridge Road at the 4,000 block of the northern Halifax County Roadway. The location is a short distance from the Cody store. The discovery comes as police continue to investigate the disappearance of 52-year-old Emma Compton Lane of Cody, has gone missing since mid-June. She was last seen at the Cody store where she worked on the evening of June 17th. Since that time, police have conducted multiple searches for Lane, including in the vicinity of her home nearby. The searches produced no evidence of her whereabouts. Other missing person cases have gone unsolved in Halifax County, and it goes on to reference some of these other cases. Now, the thing here, Captain, it will take a little bit of time, but ultimately the body that is recovered is identified as that of Emma Compton Lane. Right. The other items that they find and some of the information that we learn here is that the ruling from the medical examiner is that the cause of death is homicidal violence with traumatic neck injuries. There was also a sleeping bag that was found. In the way that it's described to me, it sounds like she may have been inside of the sleeping bag. There was also reports that someone had tried to burn the body or that there was indications that someone had tried to burn the body. The reports also state that she was in a very shallow grave. There's a whole bunch of things here that we need to kind of consider. Russell Lane... And Emma Compton Lane, husband and wife, living separately in the same home, they owned some property throughout this Halifax County. The place, the wooded area of Cody, Virginia, that her body is located is really like a stone's throw away from the property line of one of their other properties. And that's suspicious. And 
I've also seen it reported that the property that she was located on, now this is a, an area where we're talking like farmland. There's not a bunch of people out there. This is an area where you would put something that you hope and wish will never be found. But the property that she is found on, there are reports out there belong to one of Emma's husband's friends. Now, again, it's a small town. This could be all coincidence. We're not talking about a whole lot of people. We're talking about a right. lot of land and not a whole lot of people. So it could be complete coincidence, but it's still suspicious. Huge red flags. Mm-hmm. Well, Very on top concerning. of that, on top of that, we have a lot of rumors happening, right? right? And you'd think for three years, if if it's true that their friends are saying, look, they just really we're kind of separated for three years. There's going to be a lot of rumors happening between their friends and in the town. Does that make sense? There are some people in this story Mm. that have said they were unaware that they were living separately in the same home. Now it sounds like the people closest to them were well aware of this, like the family and friends, the direct friends that you're talking about, Mm -hmm. they were well aware. That's where this information comes from. But it's, it's all a very weird situation because some of the reports are that Russell almost had Emma in a situation where it appears like she works for him, like runs errands for him. She's not really allowed to go too many places on her own. She's not allowed to have a lot of friends we know that she works a lot of hours based off of the store hours that we covered at the top of the story. But this to me, when you have a situation where she goes missing, why do they find all of her things there? You know, people, I do understand it. People do have affairs. People do have misdealings. People do leave town on their own free will. Rarely do they do it without taking a single thing with them. And so, of course, that's the cause for concern for the people that know her best early on in the missing persons investigation. They all believe that something terrible had happened right then and there. They, none of them were convinced that she was missing. And then we learn five months later that she wasn't missing. Yeah. Somebody killed her. And somebody placed her body in this area, not terribly far from the Cody store. If Russ is being physically abusive, he's probably being mentally abusive. And so he's also seems to be controlling her. So he should know about if there's an affair happening because he's controlling. Exactly. Now, in Russ's defense, I couldn't find any report online or otherwise that states that there was any type of police report based off of that previous violence. This all seems to come from people that knew the two of them best. The, the yeah, but other- it only takes one, right? So it's like she, so maybe she was beat up thousands of times and she never called the cops or, or once or twice. Right. But, or, or none. That doesn't rule him out. Bastards like that are very capable of, if if she came home and said, you know what, I'm just so tired of all this stuff. My mother's sick. She might be dying. I need to do something with my life. I need to change. I'm tired of this situation. I'm, I'm living in a basement. This is not, this is not the life that I wanted. If, she, if they got an argument and she said, you know what, I'm leaving and he's this controlling it just seems like there's a lot of signs pointing to, you know, the the typical the husband did it. Well, and we cannot say the name of the person, but this is where it gets a little. I feel like the picture gets a little clearer of what may have happened. Yeah. There was a friend, a close friend of Emma's who was texting with her that night after she got home. She's in her basement watching TV and they are trading texts back and forth. There was a text from the friend that came in at approximately 15 minutes after midnight that Emma never responded to, that later when her phone was looked at by family members, 
Emma had never opened up that text. Now, that does not mean that 100% of what I'm about to say is accurate, but it makes me not. It makes me think that very likely this is what happened. Okay, lay, lay it down. Well, they're trading text back and forth. Mm-hmm. Something happened before she opened and responded to that 1215 text. That's where the timeline, I would be concerned with with what's going on with Emma at that timeline. Yeah, very good point because she's talking with somebody back and forth and she has this husband that is going, who are you talking to? Give me that phone. I want to see what's happening. Her phone's found at her residence along with all of her other belongings. Mm -hmm. And what I'm pointing out is this is one of those things, one of the, the rare occasions in these types of cases where we may have the exact marker, the exact minute marker of when all things stopped for Emma, right? Because we know that she, all of the activities she was supposed to be a part of on Sunday, she did not, she didn't go to the hospital. She was unheard of. She was unreachable. She doesn't show up to work on Monday. She doesn't show up to work on Tuesday. Well, you can backtrack that all the way to that 12, 15, 15 minutes after midnight text that does not get responded to. Well, and look, her, her, and look, her family not reporting her missing till Tuesday. Okay, fine. But if you care about your wife, even if you're separated or, or you're kind of living this roommate lifestyle, you're calling the police right away. She gets, she got home from work. We know that much. She's missing the next morning. You're calling the police. That didn't happen. That didn't happen. And so it it seems like there was this text message conversation. Maybe there was an argument happening at the same time. Like you said, it gives us almost to the minute of when this conversation took place. And where was she? At her house. Where's her phone? At her house. This reminds me, this is very similar to me, like the Chris Watts case where he had her phone and had all her stuff. And and it's just like, oh, well, she must have just went missing. Don't know where she's at. Well, and I don't want to question or call to fault the Halifax County Sheriff's Office. But isn't it one of these cases, Captain? We've seen bigger mysteries in other murder cases, right? They, they We've probably seen have. bigger mysteries. You have to sit here and wonder, okay, guys, what's the hang-up here? What what's the problem with the investigation? Well, hold on. Here's what we do know, right? We we can surmise this, right? We're not that dumb. I mean, we are two dumb guys in a garage, and we stand by that to the end of the time, to the end of our days. See? But we're not that dumb. We know that law enforcement at least has a short list of suspects, especially where the body was found, her items still being at home. And I think there's a lot more motive, too. Not just the separation, not just the rumors of possibly an affair, but also financial. If we get a divorce and we have all these properties, we have to split this up. This also could be something that's not planned. Good point. Let's pretend for a moment that these previous acts of violence from her husband are, in fact, true. If they are true... This seems to me like somebody with a temper, with somebody that can fly off the handle. This is a guy that's been married and divorced before his relationship with Emma. What I'm getting to here, Captain, is I wonder what the hangup is in this investigation. Now, we do have the sheriff's office on record early in the investigation, especially when she was still missing, saying, you know, Russell's been cooperative and they even go as far to say that he's not a person of interest. Well, wow. we know that he was a truck driver. Is there a chance? I would love to know this information. I don't believe that this is true at all. But is there a chance that he was not home or they have reason to believe that he was not at the residence at any time that night? Now, let's fast forward a little bit. Mm-hmm. Keep in mind what the sheriff's office was saying. He's cooperative. He's not a person of interest. Well, 
That does change. That blows my mind. At some point, it's stated that Russell is no longer cooperating with the investigation that he lawyered up, which is his right, and I recommend everybody does have an attorney. However, he stops communicating and stops cooperating with the investigation. There are some reports out there that state that he failed a polygraph test, and that's when, boom, communication and cooperation ended. Yeah, shame, shame, know your name. I just want to point out that those are reports. Mm -hmm. I've not seen 100% stone-cold evidence of the fact that he failed a polygraph test. Well, let's just assume I'm the detective, right? Let's hypothetically, I'm the detective. I go... I'm giving statements. If I'm a detective, I start talking like this, right? I'm giving statements to to the public, and I'm saying, this guy, Russ, man, he's a he's a stand up guy. It's it's her husband. They own a bunch of property together. He's been cooperative. Seems to have an alibi of some kind. He's not a person of interest at this time. No, he's not. He's been cooperative. You're going to say that anyways, even if he's being a little bit of a scumbag, because you kind of, you you want him to soften up, right? You don't want him to be guarded with everything he's saying. But also, when you talk about that she's found in a shallow grave, there's a lot of individuals, a lot of victims that we've talked about where they're just dumped on the side of the road. This is somebody that put her in an area and tried to conceal her so she wasn't found. Maybe I can get behind the idea that maybe this wasn't planned out, but the disposal of the body definitely was to some degree. And Oh, I, I think to a big-time degree. There was evidence that someone had tried to burn the body. Right. There was a sleeping bag that was recovered from the scene. There was an attempt to bury the body. Yeah, that was, was what, I don't know if it was well thought out or not, but somebody right. went to a great deal of effort to try to conceal the body. And the other thing too, there's no reason at all for anyone to believe that she was killed where she was found. So she was moved and transported as well. Now here's, here's the problem. This, this is where I'm going to go. Okay. I understand that there are complications Every murder investigation is complicated for any number of different reasons, but I'm sitting here five years after the fact, four and a half years after her body's found, and I'm going, what is wrong with this case? What is wrong with your suspect? What is wrong with the investigation? Why haven't we charged anybody in this case? And here's where my mind goes, and these are things that I hope and pray that the sheriff's office has already done the cell phone. We know that she was actively using the cell phone. And I believe right up into the point where something happened to her or she was abducted or attacked and killed subpoena those cell phone records. If you could, could you find out where that phone was located? We know it was later found at her home in the basement where anybody would expect to find it. Right. Subpoena those phone records. Let's find out where that phone was during the course of that text activity. Let's subpoena somebody else's cell phone records and see who was in that same area at the same time. We know that she shared the home with another person. There's reason to believe his phone may indicate that he was home at the same time that that text exchange ended. Here's some other things that I would be doing. I think that in this case, in this murder investigation, that the sheriff's office actually has a very powerful weapon in their arsenal. And that would be their missing persons investigation. I would be using the information that they gained and learned during the course of their missing persons investigation to drive and spearhead my murder investigation. And what I mean by that is every person that told me that Emma left town, I want to know why did you think that she left town? Who told you that? Is that something you came up with on your own? Because we know that her body was found in town. So 
She didn't leave town. We know that. So why would anybody be telling law enforcement that she did leave town? If you told me that, you're a suspect. If you told me that, you better tell me who gave you that information because then they are my suspect. And the other thing that I think happened here too, Captain, I think that there's plenty of reason to believe that whoever transported the body had help. I almost feel like the, the finding of the sleeping bag screams to me at least two people moving the body. Yeah, no, uh, I was actually going to bring that up as a question to you earlier was, doesn't this seem like, because one thing was tried, then another thing was tried, and, and then the distance that she would have been found in this property kind of leans more towards two people than one. So I'm glad that you brought that up, but I and I know that they said he was being cooperative, and I, and I, and I know he... Um, I know that they said the husband was being cooperative and, and, and maybe there was some alibi that didn't check out. And that's why he lawyered up and he stopped being cooperative. But once he lawyered up and, and stopped being cooperative, it's one thing if you want to lawyer up and have the questions go through your lawyer and you answer what you can and and you protect your client. That's fine. But my list of suspects would be a list of one. My list of suspects would be rather short because I want to know, again, we're both sitting here believing that two people at minimum transported the body. Well, and, and that's more likely the person that will come forward is look, I was told this story, uh, that she was, uh, cheating on him or that she was stealing money from him or whatever. And it was an accidental death. And so I helped, move the body but that person is more likely to come forward come forward we all sit here too believing that more than one person likely told law enforcement that emma had left the area of her own free will again those are the tools that the 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 phone Mm -hmm. activity the phone activity of others inside that residence or on that property at that same time 15 minutes after midnight on the night that she air quotes went missing I'm looking at that. I'm looking at the people that told me that she left town of her own free will. And I'm also looking for the point of origin of that sleeping bag. Because guess what? If I can figure out and prove and have reason to believe that person A owns that sleeping bag or owned that sleeping bag at one point, and he was one of the people that told me that he was with a certain person on that night, and that is that person's alibi... Well, guess what? That alibi don't mean jack shit anymore because we have your sleeping bag found at our crime scene. Well, no, and I think one of the things that they could possibly do is, you know, obviously test the sleeping bag for for DNA, but I would also test it for fibers, like carpet fibers, because that, that could have been a sleeping bag in her house that they used, just like... When Chris Watts went to transport his wife, didn't he use the bed sheets? So I I just feel like it's so similar. And we don't always agree, mainly because you're normally right and I'm wrong. But I think in this case, we at least agree that the suspect list is very small. It's very small. And again, anyone that told law enforcement that Emma left town for any number of reasons they should be people that you really want to question and you want to get to the truth because they obviously told you a lie at some point. And anybody willing to lie is somebody that is either directly involved or is helping to cover up what actually happened. So those nasty rumors about an affair or drug dealing or being involved with drugs, boom, none of them are true. Somebody murdered this woman and didn't take her body very far from where she was killed. Emma Compton Lane was last seen alive on June 17, 2017 in Cody, Virginia. 
On November 22, 2017, her remains were found by a hunter in the woods near her home on Sandy Ridge Road. She was buried in a shallow grave. The person responsible or persons responsible for her murder have never been identified. If you have any information regarding the murder of Emma Compton Lane or recall seeing any suspicious vehicles along Sandy Ridge Road between June and November of 2017, please contact the Halifax County Sheriff's Office at 434 476 3334. Thank you so much for joining us here in the garage and letting us be a part of your week. We appreciate it. Make sure you go to truecrimegarage.com and sign up on our mailing list so you're in the know for everything True Crime Garage. Colonel? Until next time, be good, be kind, and don't litter. Sometimes it takes a different approach to help you unlock your true potential. With Capella University's game-changing FlexPath learning format, you gain relevant skills you can apply to your career right away. Earn your degree from an accredited university and be confident in the quality of your education. Imagine your future differently at capella.edu. Capella University is accredited by the Higher Learning Commission. Learn more at capella.edu accreditation.